Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the, he- of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. The Gospel is written in St. John's Gospel, chapter 6, beginning at the 24th verse. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. When they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give 
that we may see it and believe you. What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to give life to the world. Please give us life as we see him and hear him this morning. Amen. Do sit down. What do you want from Jesus? And what does he want from you? Those are the the questions that were at the heart of this conversation that Jesus had with the crowds following his feeding of the 5,000. And they're good questions for us to ask at any stage of our Christian life. But before we get to how we might answer them, let's look at how Jesus and the crowd answered those questions in John chapter 6. What did the crowd want from Jesus? Well, it seems clear at first. They're going over the lake to find him. They want to hear from him. Uh, When they find him, they say, Rabbi, teacher, seeming to indicate that, that they'd like to hear more. They were respectful. And then Jesus does what he often does in John's Gospel, which is to seemingly go off on a completely different tangent. He he just bypasses the the niceties of small talk and introductions and gets straight to the point. He says, no, actually, really what you want is more food. You had a, a wonderful meal the day before, and now you're hungry again. And so you've come to me to get a bit more bread. Maybe, maybe they've even seen the chance for a lifetime supply of food, which would be wonderful for them. But Jesus uncovers their motives. He says, yes, you, you saw a miraculous sign, but you completely missed what it was pointing to. That They were like tourists in Paris, going around taking photos of all the signposts to the Eiffel Tower, and never actually visiting the tower itself. So in response, Jesus tries to redirect their desires. He says, work for food that endures. So what do the crowd want from Jesus now? Well, they want to know what to do. Great, they say, fine, tell us, what should we do? What are the works that God requires? 
we're ready. Again, it's, it's like that tourist in Paris, and they realize actually they might like to see the Eiffel Tower, so they ask someone for directions. And the person says, well, if you, if you carry on down this street, and then, but before they can finish, the person's off, running down the street. That's the way to go. The crowd wants food that endures. Great, they're ready to do anything for it. But they still haven't understood what Jesus is getting at. See, for them, Jesus is still just a means to an end. So again, patiently, he redirects their desires. Works, he says, are not necessary. One thing is needed. To believe in him. And again, off the crowd go. Fine, great, we'll believe in you. Just, just show us uh, a miraculous sign. And it seems crazy. Just one day before, they have seen him feed 5,000 people and more with a few loaves and fish. And in response to that sign, we were told, they thought, well, this man, this man should be our king. This is the one we want. But now, it seems they're not so sure. They need a little bit more evidence, a little bit more persuading. After all, they think, well, if you think of the people of Israel back in the wilderness, Moses fed them with manna day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Jesus has just done it once. Was he any better than Moses? So again, patiently, Jesus has to correct them. It wasn't Moses, but my Father who gave you bread from heaven. And Jesus says, you see, the the point of that miracle, of the manna from heaven, was to show actually that you can't live on bread alone, but on the word that comes from God. That's what you really need. And so the crowd Jump to it again. Give us this bread. Where is it? That's what we want. And then Jesus concludes, I am the bread of life. See, all the time he's saying, the enduring food you need is me. The work that you need is to believe in me. Come to me, he says. Ask for me and you will never be hungry or thirsty again. So what did the crowd want from Jesus? Well, they seem to go up and down, don't they? Sometimes it seems positive. Give us this bread. Other times, they seem skeptical. Show us a miracle. Prove yourself. But really, at the end of the day, they they want to be satisfied, don't they? They want rest from all that hard work they have to do just to get bread on the table, which then gets eaten, and the next day they start again. They want lasting satisfaction. 
But their desires seem to stop there. They don't see or feel the spiritual hunger and thirst that Jesus is uncovering, that he is pointing them to. And so in the end, and this conversation does end badly, in the end, they only want Jesus for what he gives, not for who he is. What do we want from Jesus? And briefly, what what does he want from us? Well, we've seen it all the way through with the crowd, haven't we? Patiently, sometimes very directly and clearly, calling the crowd to himself, to believe in him. Not, Not to believe in him like the tourist might believe that the Eiffel Tower is in Paris, but but to believe in him like someone who's actually been there and seen it and climbed it and marveled at it. Believing in him like we believe in food, eating it regularly, depending on it for our life and our strength and our health. He wants us to come to him and to believe in him. So what do we want from Jesus? What do you want from Jesus? Because he wants nothing more than to give us life, to give us enduring satisfaction, not just at the level of feeding us physically, but feeding us spiritually, eternally, in a way that will never spoil, that will never get used up. So let us believe in him. He's ready to give to whoever will come. Amen.